0: You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team,
0: Hello Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Central, along with Vince Semperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, you know what this weekend series was? What? Content, man. Content (laughs) for a Dodgers podcast there uh we definitely will have plenty to talk about today
1: right yes we definitely have plenty to talk about plenty to talk about on both sides good and the bad Uh unfortunately specifically this episode will have two losses and one win to talk about but there's still some positives regardless
0: yep so that's planned for today we're going to talk a little bit about the last three games of this series with the giants some of the pros and the cons um uh, there's always some good to take out of it. And uh, unfortunately, there's plenty of bad to talk about too. So that's planned. But first, we have to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. Okay, so we talked about opening day already on Friday's episode. So like you said, we have three games to talk about here. The Dodgers won again on Friday uh, in convincing fashion, nine to two or some crap like that. And then, they lost five to four. Was that five to four on yes, Saturday? Yes, And then three to one on Sunday, and uh, <laughs> plenty of frustrating stuff. But we're going to talk first about the positive stuff that we saw this weekend, and then we will unfortunately get to the negative. We uh, before, before we talk, any Dodgers though? One little bit of news that affects the Dodgers this week: uh, Justin Verlander is either out for a couple weeks or out for the season, depending on who you believe. Uh, but either way, he won't be making his scheduled start against the Dodgers this week. It's either a forearm strain or a catastrophic catastrophic elbow injury, again, depending on who you believe. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to pitchers, often forearm strains uh, are actually catastrophic elbow injuries in disguise. And so it could be that everybody's right and – Verlander Verlander's just being more optimistic than the original report. But uh, what were your thoughts when you heard that about Verlander, Vince?
1: The first report was that he was out for the season. And then shortly after that, I was in the pool. So I was in the pool, came back out of the pool. And then he said he'd be reevaluated. Dusty said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks. He said he'd be a – he's not out for the season. Uh, but it would be a big blow to that Astros team. And specifically for the Dodgers, we they don't have to see him now on Tuesday, so that is a positive uh, because whoever they put in is not going to be as good. Although, although, as we get talking about the negatives, maybe that won't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would always rather be a team at full strength than uh, because one of their star players got injured. Um, so I guess I'm hoping that Dustin May just shuts out the Astros anyway, so that you know Astros fans can't feel like the only reason. Uh, they lost is because Verlander was missing. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's it for that. Um, let's talk about some of the positives of this weekend. Uh, we saw, I don't know, maybe, maybe the relief pitchers are the main positive, right Vince?
1: Yeah, the main relief pitchers that that are going to affect October at least are the ones that all had nice, nice shutout innings. Bruce dahl got screwed a little bit by an infield single. And then the, he didn't allow the actual run to score, but the run ended up scoring. But Jansen had his first appearance last night. Looked good. Nice, quick 10-pitch inning. Blake training looked really good. His stuff was moving. Uh, hopefully that can keep going. And everyone's gotten Angel Kelly through all curveballs pretty much in one inning and, and got uh, a scoreless inning. So that was positive to see. Uh, you know, if you look at the series as a whole, the Dodgers scored twenty two runs in four games, which is over an average of five runs, which is good. But the fact that they were mostly in the first two games is the bad part.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, they outscored the the Giants, what twenty two to eleven or whatever in the series, but split the series. Um, yeah, Dennis Santana didn't look great, uh, but other than that, the relievers, even Brewster, Gratterall, who gave up a run on Sunday. Uh, he looked fine. Um, you know, he gave up kind of a slap little hit to, to Pablo Sandoval that, that bit him. Uh, the first couple games of the series, one of the big things, the big positives was they weren't walking anybody. And then that unfortunately went away the last couple games. Um, but I guess we'll get to those negatives. Uh, I'm trying to keep this segment positive, um, other positives we saw, Corey Seager continues to hit the ball hard. He didn't have much to show for it the last couple games, but he continued to hit the ball really hard almost every time up.
1: Yeah, he's been hitting the ball hard. Got One was robbed. One just looked worse because uh, Slater doesn't know how to play left field. And then a couple others, he hit the warning track. A lot of the balls were dying, uh, on at least on Sunday night. So, I don't know, you know, either it's a combination of the balls are not juiced like they were before or Dodger Stadium just had a heavy air that night, whatever it is. Uh, the other positive, I would say, you know, Will Smith looked good. He hit that home run. In the ninth inning on during Saturday's game and, and took that fan cutout with him. Uh, but he had some good at-bats. I wish he would have not swung at the pitch last night in, in the ninth inning. But uh, he's been looking good, which is good because if he's looking good, uh, it gives Dave Roberts hopefully less of an inclination to use Austin Barnes at, the, at catcher.
0: Yeah, it's funny how history repeats itself. I was seeing on Time Hop, it was a year ago today, that uh, there was talk about, you know, because Barnes had just been sent to the minors and Smith had been called up. And, and uh, I was tweeting with somebody about expectations for Smith. And I said, I don't expect him to keep having OPS of about 1,000 like he did in AAA, but just quality at-bats and, and solid at-bats would be uh, a bonus. And we're kind of there again. You know, he just by virtue of putting up quality at bats. Uh, He is an improvement over Austin Barnes. And yeah, like you said, he, he should not have swung at that three, one pitch that he did on Sunday night. It wasn't a pitch to drive. He would have been better off taking a strike. Uh, But uh, overall, yeah, he's a positive. Um, He's had a couple instances where he's almost thrown guys out trying to steal second. Um, One that he definitely should have that, you know, when, when, Pedro Baez was pitching, and Darren Ruff looked like maybe a botched hit and run, and uh, Smith just couldn't get a handle on the ball, so instead Ruff got his second career stolen base and then scored on a hit when he wouldn't have otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the problem with a series like this is the last two games are the, the most stark in your mind, and so it's hard to remember some of the positives sometimes.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, they were all kind of lumped in towards the beginning, and not really lumped in the last few days. I mean, there's you know little positives here and there. Cody Bellinger's looked pretty pretty good. Justin Turner's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Mookie Betts has when he's gotten on base, he's he's done well. Uh, when you know, but he just hasn't been able to get on base that much yet. Max Muncy had two home runs. Uh, You know, there's a lot of little positives in there, but it it just, you know, obviously Sunday's game left a bad taste in the mouth compared and added that to Saturday's game.
0: Yeah, and Mookie is going to make an impact on the bases and on defense he already has, and his bat will wake up. So uh, I guess that's it for positives. So uh, we'll be back in a minute to talk about some of the negatives of the weekend. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts dealer. They've been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. And they have pretty much everything you could need for your car, whether you are doing your own repairs, change your own oil, or just need new floor mats for your car. And anything in between, they're going to have it. And the best part is it's going to cost you less than if you went down to your local auto parts store because those stores have different prices for mechanics than they do for People like you and uh, people like you walk in and they're like, oh, look at this dummy. I'm going to charge him more. And hey, don't blame me. I'm not the one calling you a dummy. It's those auto parts stores. Well, you know who won't call you a dummy? RockAuto.com. They'll say, hey, smarty, you came to RockAuto.com. That was a smart decision. And to to reward you, we're going to give you the prices we would give mechanics. In fact, we'll charge the mechanics more. Just don't tell them we said that. Uh, I don't know if that last part's true. Uh, in fact, I do know it's not true, but still you're going to get a good price is what I'm saying. So go to rockauto.com. It's easy rock, like rock. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Auto, like short for automobile, which is another word for a car, and then .com, which is a, a a domain extension that's probably the most common one. So rockauto.com. And then there's a little box where it says, how'd you hear about us? You write in Locked On or Locked On Dodgers or Jeff Snyder from Locked On Dodgers said lots of nice things about you. Whatever, just so they know it was Locked On that sent you. So rockauto.com, Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And let's also talk about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arnica and vitamin B6 to, to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try out this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And keep it locked on, Dodgers. All right, Vince, it's time for our obscure former Dodger before we get into some of the negatives of the weekend. Uh, but this one is going to segue in because uh, the Giants have a pitcher named Taylor Rogers who throws funny. He, uh, he's a submariner, and he was pitching, and the Dodgers had the bases loaded against him, and he's a right-handed submariner. And Kike Hernandez came up to the plate, and we thought, oh, finally, they can use one of their three great-hitting left-handed pinch hitters who are sitting on the bench. And unfortunately, they didn't. They left KKN, and he had a weak grounder to end the inning. And that got me thinking of Submariners who have played for the Dodgers. And I found one who is pretty obscure, uh, but he has a funny name. And so it's like the best of both world, worlds. His name is Brad Klontz. Do you remember Brad Klontz, Vince? I do not. He was a Dodger in 1998 uh, for about half a season. He came to the Dodgers in June of '98. Uh Along with Hideo Nomo, the Dodgers, uh, no, uh, traded for. So hold on, no. He signed with the Dodgers as a free agent at the beginning of '98, and then in June, the Dodgers traded him and Hideo Nomo to the Mets for Greg McMichael and Dave Malicky, and uh, that was his whole Dodger career. in In that time, he pitched uh, hardly any. 23 no 20 and two-thirds innings had a 566 era but he was 2 and 0 if you're a fan of win-loss record for relief pitchers um and he was just kind of a nothing he had started with the braves went to the pirates after the mets and then his career was over uh not really much to say about brad klontz except he was a submariner and had a funny name you have any brad klontz thoughts
1: no i'm gonna go look him up after this though and see uh, how if there's any video of it
0: yeah, all right. So, uh, moving on from our obscure former Dodger, um, let's talk about some of the negatives. And I guess let's start with Sunday night's game because that's the most fresh in our mind, Vince. Because as we we're recording this, it just ended a half hour or so ago. Um, and let's talk about that Kike Hernandez at bat. There were, you know, three times in the game Kike started theoretically because it was a left-handed starting pitcher. And then there were three times later in the game that Kike was up to bat against right-handed pitchers and could have been opportunities for uh, for him to be pinch hit with either Jock Peterson or Matt Beatty or Edwin Rios, all of whom are very good left-handed hitters and were sitting on the bench, theoretically available. Um, the, the first time against uh, Sean Anderson, I, I got not pinch hitting for him. It was still early in the game. Kike definitely brings value on defense. And there was nobody on base, so it's not—it wasn't an obvious pinch-hitting opportunity. The next time, it was the sixth inning, and you know it was a runner on first and two outs, and it so still not, not like, like the perfect opportunity. You're giving up Kiké's def, defense for three innings, and you know it's not not like there's a runner in scoring position. So I got that one, but then I was absolutely befuddled. The third time when, like I said, Taylor Rogers, the submariner, was pitching two outs, bases loaded. And uh, I don't understand, Vince, why Kike Hernandez got that at bat. Do you have any idea?
1: I also don't understand it. It, it, I will tell you what Dave Roberts said. He said that. Rodgers is not a righty killer. That's why he let Kike hit there. He said in any other situation, he would have used Jock, which is just weird to me. Um, You know, they had, he already let Taylor bat against Rodgers, and I would have used one of the lefties there. He didn't. Taylor grounded out weakly. Okay, that's fine. You know, Taylor's a little bit better hitter against righties than than Kike. But, you know, defensively, you, you put Taylor at second, and whoever came in to bat, you know, somehow they'd make it work, or you know, they have enough guys obviously to make it work. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Even, even honestly, even if Taylor, if Rogers had reverse splits, it's not like Kike has the split advantage. So you're still hitting at a disadvantage. Yeah, Kike had. Uh, you know, I think he's hitting decent against righty so far in the first three games, but that doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden changed. It's not enough of a sample size for you to go off of right now, uh, especially in a game like that, especially with three lefties on the bench. Uh, it just, especially a guy like Matt Beatty, who's come in clutch all last year. Uh, you know, a guy like Edwin Rios, who can change the game in one swing of the bat. Same thing with Jock Peterson. I, it's just one of those, you know, it's it's early in the season and, you know, it's going to, we're going to harp on it right now for this episode and then, you know, let it go. But it's just didn't make sense at all.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Roberts is right. In, ta- in Roger's career, he's actually significantly worse against right-handers than left-handers, uh, which it was kind of funny because on the, on the broadcast on ESPN, they were talking about how hard it is for right-hander to, right-handers to hit submariners. And in my experience, that's not actually the case because, uh, you know, it seemed like because Alex Rodriguez didn't like hitting against Chad Bradford, they all just decided that it's hard for righties to hit against submariners. And the fact is that most submariners, just because of the natural pronation of the arm as they're throwing that way, actually have some tail back in towards right handers. So it's actually not (laughs) as hard to hit them. Uh, But that doesn't change the fact that Kike Hernandez doesn't hit right handers well. And, uh, you know, regardless of how good the right hander is, Kike doesn't hit right handers well. And when you've got those three guys, you know, everybody else said Jock. I wouldn't have gone with Jock. I would have gone with Beatty. Because Beatty, I think, there gives you the best chance of a base hit. And a base hit ties the game right there. Yeah, Jock gives you a better chance of a grand slam. Um, but. I I think Beatty is the best hitter of the three. You know, as far as when you need a base hit, I'd rather have Beatty. Um, But any of them would have made more sense than setting up the corpse of Kike Hernandez. And that was baffling to me. Um, The the other guys, Pollock and and Taylor, uh, I don't have as much of an issue with not pinch hitting. I still think, you know, what's the point of having those three lefties on the bench if you're not going to use them? Uh, but you know, Taylor, I think I I feel more confident in Taylor than Kike against a right-handed pitcher for whatever reason. And Pollock obviously, you know, he did hit a double. So in hindsight, maybe, but, uh, I just, it seems like it's a gut thing here and that Roberts is trying to blame on stats, but this is a gut move that I don't like. And it's almost like, uh, Roberts is intent on uh, proving people right who think he's a terrible in-game manager. I'm on record. I've defended Roberts many times, uh, not last year in Game 5 of the NLDS, uh, but a lot of the moves that people haven't liked that Roberts has made over the years, I either agree with or at least understand. Um, But unless we find out that all three of those lefties were injured and unavailable... Uh, On Sunday night, it's it's hard to understand and hard to put any positive spin on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, We'll move on to the other negatives. Uh, Well, you know, we got we kind of touched on the offense already. Some guys had good weekends. Some guys got robbed. Blah blah blah. Uh, But Alex Wood and Julio Urias were not that sharp. You mentioned how the first two games they didn't really walk anybody that was not the case for woods more so than julio but julio also walked guys uh they just didn't look sharp i don't think there's any concern uh, at all you know if wood maybe a little bit of a mechanical adjustment julio just looked a little he looked honestly a little little amped up a little maybe nervous uh which i don't know why he's pitched in way bigger spots but you know it's it's a different feeling to pitch out there in this kind of situation i'm not going to let them use that as an excuse but it could be something that potentially got to them a little bit maybe yeah like I said I don't think there's anything for concern there they just weren't that sharp uh, considering how good Ross Stripling was the day before Um, and then Justin May was pretty solid the, the other day before I don't think there's real concern with the rotation as long as those guys can fix whatever they need to fix
0: yeah, Julio wasn't missing bats. That was maybe a little cause for concern, and maybe it was because of the command issues, and so he was having to come more into the strike zone than he wanted to, because he wasn't because he was finding himself behind in counts and stuff. But uh, I mean, Mookie Betts was was threatening the record for most putouts by a right fielder, which you know in a lot of ways shows that Julio had decent stuff because he guys were be, you know hitting stuff opposite field, they were behind on everything. Uh, but the fact that so many balls were put in play with a guy like Julio is, is uh, maybe not cause for concern, but something to keep an eye on. And then Alex Wood, again, it was a command thing. And so, like I said, hopefully it is just, uh, you know, whether it's first game jitters or, you know, short summer camp, spring training, whatever it is, hopefully they'll, they'll get it together. Um, the starting rotation has been a question mark. Um, I I still believe the question mark is more along the lines of who is going to end up being the the playoff rotation than will this rotation be good enough? Uh, Because obviously the offense is going to start hitting, and so you don't even need much. Like Alex Wood's game on Saturday, uh, of the first three games, that was the only game that uh, five runs by the Giants would have beat the dodgers and four runs by the dodgers wouldn't have beat the giants and so it was you know in a way it's if you rearrange all the runs of those first three games uh the dodgers are three and oh in those first three uh but but still i don't know it that that series just leaves a bad taste in your mouth and and the fact that so much of it seemed avoidable like i when players don't perform i get it you know seager hit the ball hard and got robbed a few times and hit right at guys okay that happens mookie beth is gonna start hitting but little things like when it's not things that aren't the player's fault like putting the wrong guys in the batter's box uh frustrate me more
1: and we didn't even really touch on uh, on saturday's game they a couple of base running mistakes. You know, they got doubled off about three innings in a row. Uh, it just, you know, that whole day they looked kind of sloppy till the last innings. They put some runs together. Uh, one of them, you know, the one that Turner got doubled off on wasn't terrible, the one that Jock got doubled off on was not was bad. I've uh, forget who the last one was that got doubled off on and it it was on a line drive but you know you shouldn't be getting doubled off on a line drive like that especially when it wasn't in any clear gap or anything so little things like that that a you know Julio forgot to cover first on one of them uh, little things that they still have to work on that they you know maybe I don't think that's anything from a shortened off I'm in a shortened spring training 2.0, but uh, just little things like that. They just didn't look on it the last two days, and like I said, bad taste in their mouth. Now they're two and two. They go play some a good team in in Houston, and go on a, on a road trip. So it's just you know they should have took care of business, and it, everything would have felt a lot better. Obviously, but we'll see how it goes. Um, you know the the point that we always used to make is it's a long season. You know, last year, the Dodgers started eight and eight finished 41 and 19 in the first 60 games Uh this year. They're, t- they're two and two, but the other part of it now is, you know, regardless, the they're, they're eight teams make the playoffs in the NL. So, you know, we're not at that point yet to where, Oh, we're just going to make like, Oh, they're just make the playoffs, but it's not a long season, but it's also eight teams make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And, and obviously you want to go in ranked number one. Um, <laughs> You, you want to win your division, and and ideally have the best record in the league. And I still honestly believe the Dodgers are going to do that. Uh, it is two games, and things are going to things are going to pick up offensively, and, and you know, in most games this wouldn't have been an issue the 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 Dave Roberts decisions because the Dodgers would have been up seven to two anyway and it wouldn't have been that big a deal um, you know but these games are going to happen losses happen uh, I I've said it before I refuse to get too upset in a game like baseball where even the best teams lose you know 40% of their games every year uh, and so I'm not going to be upset about it uh, but it, it is it is frustrating when you know. I still like there's parting that thinks we're gonna find out in the morning that like Beatty and Rios and Jock all like had their arms amputated or something, and that's why they were unavailable. Maybe not that extreme, but you know. But it seems like Roberts, now that the series is over, there's there would be no strategic advantage in continuing to hide any injury or whatever. Uh, so maybe it, he just, I don't know i don't know Vince i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know either uh let's end this on a positive note aj Pollock and his wife were able to bring home their baby girl maddie may after 128 days in the hospital when she uh, when she was born prematurely so that's a good sign you know pollock he's gonna get the brunt of a lot of anger from dodger fans this entire year if he doesn't hit uh but you know sometimes it's more than about it's more than baseball so that's a good thing for him
0: and uh, my last thought is maybe a, a positive one. Uh, a lot of Roberts haters over the years have accused him of, be, of being too... Like, there's always been accusations that the front office makes the lineups or, and you know that he's just a puppet and everything for the analytics guys. And uh, one thing we've seen, and I honestly believe this, is the vast majority of his actual mistakes come from not trusting the analytics enough and instead trusting his gut, you know, going with Kershaw last year in game five, when every analytic would have told you, maybe use one of your eight rested relievers to get these last six outs. Uh, you know, th- there was no, that was a gut thing. Um, this with Kike, it's a gut thing. What Roberts wants to say it had to do with Rogers splits and blah, blah, blah. No, this was... I believe in my heart that Kike Hernandez can hit this guy, uh, and he couldn't, and he should have known that if he had paid attention to the stats. And so the good news is maybe, maybe that can be fixed, and maybe he can become more of a puppet for the front office, and they could say, hey, Doc, just so you know, Kike uh, is bad against righties. So uh, let me know if you need me to text you that like every hour or so, You know, so maybe Andrew Friedman will just set a reminder on his phone. Oh, text Doc that Kike can't hit righties. And eventually it'll get through to Doc. Um, Because I I like Dave Roberts. I think he's a good manager. I definitely think he's a great manager of people. And I think he is unfairly maligned a lot as an in-game manager. um, But he sure does seem to be trying his best to make me wrong about that.
1: Yeah, the other part I'll say is that a lot of people are, are you know, chalking it up to that's Dave. Dave Roberts hasn't really had issues with not pinch hitting or not going with platoon splits before. Uh, he's definitely, you know, we've seen Dodgers do line changes of half their lineup. So this is new in Dave Roberts' territory for me, specifically, you know, him as a manager.
0: Yeah, although um, I actually... There was, hold on, I, I, I found a, a tweet. I was actually looking for something else, and I came across something from last year. There it is. Um, I actually tweeted this last year. It had to do with Chris Taylor at the time. You remember early in 2019, Chris Taylor was terrible, and he continued to play, even though Alex Verdugo was a better option. Um, and, and I tweeted, I said, Reminder for anyone still blaming analytics for Roberts having Taylor pinch hit for Doogie last night. Hitting for a guy who hits lefties with a guy who hits no one, is literally the opposite of analytics. That was a gut move or a show confidence in CT3 move, not analytics. And so this could be one of Doc's things of, I want to show Kike that I believe in him. Um, And, you know, maybe there's just not as much time for that in a 60-game season. But whatever it is, hopefully those hourly texts from Andrew Friedman will start coming in, and, and that will get better. That's my hope. True. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, maybe we'll do a mailbag episode tomorrow since we don't have a game tomorrow That'll to talk fine. about. Yeah. So uh, we'll put out a call for questions. Uh, but yeah, shoot us what you want to talk about. And thank you for listening to Locked On Dodgers. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts is awesome if you have that, even if you don't use it, because that helps other people find us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Our phone number is 323-863-LOCK-5625. You can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text there anytime you want. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Have a good one. D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, the team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, you all Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.